0: Rush into chemist warehouse today and grab INC protein, powering tomorrow today.
1: This is the house of ants with Cam
2: Luke and Steezy's <laughs> <laughs> Oh no. You have not. You have made your own intro? Oh, you've got to be joking me. It's cuz I got that INC protein in me hey, right now, Cam. All thanks at chemist warehouse. So really you hang on, I got to listen to this again. Hang on a second.
0: Rush into Chemist Warehouse today and grab INC Protein. Powering tomorrow, today.
1: This is the House of Acts with Cam Luke and Jay Steezy. Oh, that
2: is, that is, your you're, mate. I know, I know you're very busy over in Thailand or wherever you are right now, <laughs> but, jeez, and I'm glad you found time to carve out your own intro. Jay Steezy oh, in the man. house, but it all thanks to Chemist Warehouse. A lot going on. Jed Gregson's about to join us around 10 minutes' time. <clears throat> After her first ever marathon, we're going to break down the 100 metre all-time men's final, although it is from 1980, but we'll get to that very shortly. And of course, John Stevenson on fire. Anytime you want to reach out, you can do that. zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. How you doing, big boy?
1: Hey, what's going on? Can shout out to my boy Benny Lyon. <laughs> behind the scenes with the mad intro. Uh, yeah, it's it's great to have another week on air, man. We, we're still here, Cameron. We're doing we something right. We're doing something right, Cam. And I'm loving it, you know what I mean? Because we don't like to lose you and I, man. We do it's not. It's been, been one hell of a weekend just... when it comes to athletics oh. around the world and sport in general, yeah. Cam. It's Where... just, you know, you and I are sports lovers, man, and we're ready to have a great, uh, great uh, show today.
2: Where do you want to start? Where do you want to start? So much going man. on. You want to start in Stockholm? You want to start oh. elsewhere? Where do you want to start?
1: You know the cold part about this, mm. uh, we we can we can we can start at the Gold Coast Marathon if we oh, wanted to, do it. but absolutely but we could. Obviously, we're talking all things uh, track and field, and we're heading towards the World Championships. Yep. Less than fifty days now, Cam, um, and and on the weekend we saw Lausanne, uh, which is one of my favourite meets. I competed there back in two thousand in seven, and seven degree weather. It's in the beautiful. Uh, it's just outside of Geneva, mm-hmm. in, in the beautiful country of Switzerland, and um, didn't we see
2: some results, Cameron? Well, that we did. We've seen, you know, Australian records. We've seen athletes who are gearing up really, really well. But let's start with the women's high jump, right? Because this particular athlete continues, continues every single time she steps out at a major championship or likewise to, well, not really surprise us, but just deliver, right?
1: I think honestly Nicola Oleslies who mm-hmm. you are referring to um that's my pick for winning the high jump at World Championships this year I I just think she has found her form um just just looks so in control out there Cameron and, and when you look at elite sport it's it's one thing to have great performances but it's how someone gets that performance and she she gets it with a lot of control and she understands what she's doing out there each jump and which makes a, it's very calculated on when she's going for these high um these high you know you know heights, um, I, that's my pick for world championships when it comes to large. I, I can lock that in, um, and I'm very confident, uh, with uh, with Nicolae, uh, taking up the gold come Budapest
2: 202 she's eight from eight, eight from eight in her last eight starts. She, of course, was huge, and what she does do very well is handle any type of pressure that gets thrown towards her. We did see in Tokyo where, ironically, she cleared the same height as she did over the weekend. And she is someone right now that must be on a huge wave of confidence and momentum. Uh, And legitimately, this is a quote, 202 was so special, I didn't realise how tempting it is to compare myself to my Olympic form. But I felt today was a line in the sand that I'm in better shape than ever before. Now onto uncharted territory for the season Mm. ahead. The plan is to be at my peak in August for the world championships. I won't be a limit on how high that will be. Just enjoy and believe for the highest. And based on what she has done and based on those words, 202 is just the tip of the iceberg. We honestly, in a Mm. month's time, a little more than a month's time, probably going to see higher than 202, which catapults her into high jump favoritism.
1: I think it increases her bandwidth, Cam. Um, the biggest problem that's going to be for Nicola between now and World Championship is keeping this uh, this form. I mean, and and that's called a taper into World Champs. And that, I mean, obviously she's in great form and that goes for a number of athletes across the board. If you look at Mary Jo Talurin, ran 1088, dominated the Women's 100. Um, you keep talking about it, Cam. Every time we mention the Women's 100, uh, finally Budapest, you love her, you like her. You I think do. She's she's one who can definitely take out that down. And you know what? She's shaping up where, where I'm starting to agree with you, man. Like she's Good. got a great coach Bad in John time. Smith. He knows how to make them peak when it comes to world championships. He's John fiends for a championship. He actually hates these one-day events, to be honest with you. And I know he'd be running Mary Jo a little bit heavy. I know he'd be run, having her under a bit of a training block. But at the same time, he'd be working on different biomechanics to make sure that she's ready for the three rounds come world championships. We saw Britson again, 328. I mean, isn't he just phenomenal? He's controlling races out there, um, Cameron. You know, it's just... And I was a bit worried beginning of the season because I, I heard he split with his father as his coach, and it was a, his camp got a little bit unstable. And I thought, oh, we this could maybe be the kink that the other athletes needed around the world um to beat him this year. But he's he's going to these events Cam, and just grabbing the bull by the horns and, and shaking it down. And you saw Arigawi do a world lead um in the five k with twelve minutes forty. I mean, from Ethiopia. I mean. It's just again, every week I say this to you, Cam, I don't think we've seen the sport uh, produce such results across the board, um, consistently, week in, week out. Um, in, in my in my time that I've been involved in the sport in 20 years, you know, it's just um just absolutely phenomenal. And that's that's
2: just Lausanne, Cameron. Well, hey, hang, I hang mean, on. We, haven't, we... we we well, <laughs> hang on, before we go any further, because <laughs> Mackenzie Little, now you talk about it. No, 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 that's what I'm saying. That's just Lizard Cameron. I know. Oh, we're not getting the Stockholm well, yet, mate. Well, Actually, <laughs> you're right. Can I just touch on quickly Stuart McSwain? You mentioned, of course, uh, Inga Britson. The very fact is that Stuart McSwain rolled in. We, he's had the injuries. We've spoken a little bit about that. He's, I think his first 1,500 metres since last September. And what I I do love about Stu McSwain, I've spoken to you both on and off air about this, his aggressive demeanor never, ever changes. Ran a 3.32, ran 7th, Inge Britson won it in 3.28 as you touched on, but he again took it on. Ran out of petrol tickets late, but Stu McSwain hasn't lost that aggressive way in which he races, which I particularly like when athletes are coming back off a bit of layoff. Are you okay with it? Would you like to see him change it up a little bit with the way he tax races?
1: No, I, I don't think we can ask for anything more good. from Stuart than what he did in the weekend. I think um, uh, Stuart has to uh, do his good. I think what, if, if, knowing a little bit what I know about Nick Badeau and and, and be managed by him and, and, and trained by him in my career, I think Nick would be saying, let's get the most out of the season. Let's leave the season we head up high. Let's try and get you as, to, as close to the front as possible. Let's try and get to world championships and get the momentum of world championships for Olympics next year. And running a 3.32, Cameron, um, for those, I think the the, the, the general layman sports lover would understand that ten seconds is the barrier for the hundred meters. If I had to, if I had to relate what three thirty two is, three thirty two is like somebody running ten flat or nine nine. Yep. Three thirty two is 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 phenomenally fast mm-hmm. when it comes to a fifteen hundred meters. Um, we know Stu's been a bit injured, um, and I think that's what Nick and he'll be working on. This will boost his confidence. Cam. It will give him confidence in his body that his body can handle that pace. And I think then I think now Stu will have to start to work on okay. How do I start to get ready for Tokyo that I put my best foot forward? Stuart, I wouldn't say he's in the September of his career, but he's definitely halfway through his career and he needs to start, you know, winning medals now. And I think that's what will be in the forefront of his mind and needs to stay injury-free. And this is normally what happens when you start to get all the knowledge in the sport and mentally you understand the game, the body starts to say, hang on a minute, mate, we've got too much volume here and starts to play tricks. So, no, I'm in agreement with you. Stuart's in good shape. We should keep watching him, keep backing him. I think he's uh, he's, uh, he's almost back to where he was uh, a couple of years ago.
2: There is a lot going on, isn't there? There's a oh, lot. There's too
1: much going on. Is there, I mean, you, you mentioned Mackenzie Little. I mean, yeah, I th- I'm a massive really fan best. of Mackenzie Little. I-, I told you this. I think I think three, four episodes ago. I- when you talk about Kelsey Lee Barber, you talk about mm. Mackenzie Little. I mean, we got two guns. I mean, Kelsey's a, is is phenomenal, right? And you got Mackenzie, who's who's I think is just as good. Kelsey's a championship thrower. We you know that McKenzie can be the same. And this is all from Australia. She won in Stockholm on the weekend. We saw uh, uh, Kelsey. She, I think she came fifth, if I'm correct, Cam, um, but still through well, but yep. you saw McKenzie just back to a PB form. I mean, In a tough field. I I mean, this just shows the position Australian athletics is in. Like I said, I haven't seen results like this, Cam, for a long time. And it's great for not only Australian track and field, but for world track and field to see these performances.
2: Uh, I don't know if I'm just taking more notice. I'm I'm always a hardcore athletics fan. But maybe because of this show, I'm taking more notice and I'm watching more athletics than normal. But is is this always the way? It feels like we are just jam-packed, stacked with athletics meets each and every week? Or are we just just more noticing it because there are more Australians at the highest level than we've had maybe for the last decade or so? But every single weekend, you are right. You say to me before we start this show man we need more time we, we need more time we, we don't know what to talk about it. and that's what it absolutely feels like and it's so exciting for the sport in this in this country
1: No, 100% and, and our listeners have to bear with us because trust that we we, we only have so much time for this great show mm-hmm. and, and we look at all the results and we could honestly spend a whole, a whole hour just talking about the results around the world so unfortunately we've got to be quite selective on the results that we pick but you're quite right Cameron this has been the case I think for a number of years and having a medium like House of Athletics you know and, and being supported by Chemist Warehouse is this is why it's important because we're educating, um, you know, the sports lover in Australia, plus also the track lover that doesn't maybe have the time to watch these events that are at two o'clock in the morning. Sure. We're getting to inform, you know, people about what's going on around the world. But these events have historically been going on, Cameron. But I will say this the caliber and the level of performances. I would like to think late 90s, mid 90s, late 90s, early 2000s mm. would be the last time we saw. Just back to back every weekend you were seeing something that was blowing your cap
2: off. So, so just just quickly just to recap that, so when you were competing.
1: Yeah, back when Johnny <laughs> Step was out there just
2: doing your thing.
1: It. I was in a flow I state every weekend. Cameron. I love
2: it. Hey <laughs> I love it. Hey, hey talking about People have been on this show and continue to run really well. Cat Bissett, who joined us about a month ago, fourth in the eight hundred, oh. and just continually. Again, she spoke about this at the time. Breaking two minutes is the thing, you know. Obviously, when you when you continually are able to roll yeah. on in in hot fields and break two minutes, that's when you're yeah. there knocking on the door at major championships. And again, she yeah. did that.
1: I got a I got a feeling that race was scrappy. I did watch the race, mm-hmm. um, but I wasn't in it feeling that feeling it, feeling when you're in there, Cameron, it's very easy for us to watch and be couch critics. It's different when you're actually yep. in the mix. Yeah. And um, uh, you saw Keeley Hodgkinson, you know, she ran two seconds quicker than, you know, the week before and she got, you know, she, she lost this race, you know, which I thought she would have won with her eyes closed. Um, and then we saw Jen, I mean, we saw Katarina sort of trying to close home late. I, uh, I don't know. We talked about Katarina sort of working on different race plans. So mm. I'm I'm very careful before I start passing judgment near Cam. But I'd like to see a race before World Championships, Kat getting up the front, asserting her pressure. I think she's fit enough, she's strong enough, and sort of sort of announcing to the to the other women around the world that hey, I'm here and I can switch up my my race plan. I, I don't just have to sit and kick and run over the top of you guys.
2: I, I can't I, look we love middle we love middle distance running here and the strategy and the, the fact she spoke about it and you just referred to it there is a huge thing of it before we get to the break, Jen Gregson's about to join us Kai Robinson, who we spoke about and we are trying we're putting everything in to get Kai on this particular show. he rolls out and runs a real look yeah to go from the 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 NCAA championships where he was a double uh, winner, the the collegiate finals about a month or so ago or three weeks ago, to be able to go to your first outdoor in this situation and, and, and run a personal best is again, continually building the momentum and confidence of understanding the way races are run when you get to the highest level.
1: Yeah, look, he's got a lot of momentum coming off NC two ways, uh, Cameron, and a lot of the pro runners around them, they'll be just starting to say, okay, let's start to tweak the taper now and start to get a bit quicker. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, I think it's it's nice for him to go. I think you know, sooner or later, he's going to have to break into those sort of pro races. Do I think it's a little bit early? Um, I mean, who am I really to judge? Um, you know, it's, it's good for him to get a bit of exposure. Um, but, you know, he's now playing with the big boys, and and I think he would have felt what that felt like on the weekend. And um, it's definitely going to be a
2: space to watch. All right, quick break. Jen Gregson, superstar athlete, three-time Olympian. She rolls out in her first marathon after what has been, at different times, a horrible Two years, but it's an amazing story, and it was kept off at 2.28 yesterday on the Gold Coast. She will join us next. All thanks to Chemist Warehouse.
0: Rush into Chemist Warehouse today and grab INC Protein. Powering tomorrow,
1: today. This is the House of Arts with Cam Luke and John Stephenson.
2: Most certainly is. All thanks to Chemist Warehouse. Head into Chemist Warehouse. Great savings. Every day, as you know, John, Steph, and the rest of the listening world knows we only get the absolute superstars on this show. And when they come on, they have either done something amazing in a not-too-distant you know, past, or they're about to do yes. something amazing. And I think our next guest has just done something amazing and is probably going to continue to do such things because to roll in First Marathon 228, i speak of Jen Gregson, who joins us now. Jen, as we welcome you in, congratulations. First Marathon in the books and a nice pace as well.
0: Yeah, no, it's really cool to be finally able to call myself a marathoner. Um, leading into this weekend, there was so much pressure because I feel like I've talked about it a lot and there's nothing worse than talking about something and not executing a plan. So I think relief was probably the first thing I'll say I experienced and after that it was just, yeah, emotion of, of being able to pull something off that's been in the making for two years now.
2: Uh, we, look, you've been one of the best athletes this country's produced in recent time, three Olympic Games, Olympic Finals, all of it. And we're going to talk about your last two years in a moment, but there's always little surprises that bob up, but uh, you're continually able to just work through them. A marathon, I assume throws like a million different unique experiences Mm -hmm. up in 42 Ks. Was there, was there something that went through your mind or your body or whatever it might've been in the run this weekend that you thought, Oh, that's, that's new.
0: Yeah. I mean, if I really break it down, there were many little things that popped up over 42 K, but I honestly have never, ever been so nervous. The whole week leading into this race, I barely slept. I just found myself staring at the ceiling at night, um, thinking about a million different variables and and things that I had to control for that day. Um, luckily, I had Eloise Wellings at the hotel and Izzy Bat Doyle, both girls that have run really great marathons recently. And I just asked them so many questions. And I feel like everyone told me all the bad things to expect, which was a really good thing because on Sunday... I finished and I remember saying to Ryan, like nothing went wrong, nothing went wrong. But like, yeah, at, at eight, at 15 K, I stepped on a drink bottle and like my knee buckled and I was like, wow, everything could have ended right there. And then I went to rip the top of my gel off and completely ruin the gel container where the gel wouldn't squeeze out. And I, my hands were too slippery to break it. And I just asked my training partner next to me. I was like, I need you to open this gel. Um, little things like I, my K splitter was way off. It it wasn't hitting the marks. And then I just kind of thought, trust the paces and trust your body and just go with it and stop worrying about time. There were little things like that, but I think I was expecting so much more worse things to happen that I honestly felt in such a flow state. Like it was one of the most amazing race experiences I've ever had. And, And maybe someone can only know what I'm talking about if they do a marathon, because I've never experienced this before, but it was pure bliss all the way to that 42.195, um, marker. And yeah, it's, it's crazy to say that I really did enjoy every step.
1: Do you think it's when when you talk about it, it's quite, um, uh, interesting to hear you say that it was pure bliss. Number one, um, (laughs) someone has been to, you know, three Olympic games, world Mm -hmm. championships, Commonwealth games. I mean, you and I I had the privilege of hanging out with your teams and your, and your husband's like my little bro. Um, but do you think it's the fact that athletics can become quite mon- monotonous, you know, mm-hmm. throughout your career, especially when you because you focus on one event, right? Mm-hmm. And do you think it's refreshing for you, especially over the last two years and what you've gone through with injuries mm-hmm. that now you're kind of like learning a completely really it yeah. feels like a new sport by running the marathon yeah. because it's a complete different event? Do you think that's what is bliss for you for those that are listening out there that sort of yeah. will be going? How are you getting nervous for a yeah. marathon, man? It's kid stuffy. You've been to Olympic Games final, Jen.
0: Yeah, but that's exactly it. Like on the track, that was a skill for me. I knew it inside out. I'd done it that mm. many times. Even like I'll even say Tokyo Olympics. I mean, I knew I was a bit banged up, but I didn't go into that as nervous because I knew what I was capable of. I knew what I can do. I trust my training and I kind of know around about where I'm at. Um, give or take a few seconds unless something drastically went wrong which it did Mm. but with the marathon there's this huge window of unknown and uncertainty and there's so many uncontrollables like just for example if it's a little bit windy or a little bit hotter than you expected that is huge over two and a half hours of running and I didn't I found it really hard to be entering into an event that there were so many things I couldn't control. And that's something wow. that I've been really good at my whole career is making sure I do all the 1% is right. And I do everything and I'm as pre- prepared as possible. But unfortunately the marathon, it's a different beast. You can go in so prepared to the nth degree. Like you've done everything. You've got your drink station sorted. You've trained hard. You've rested well. you have fueled perfectly. And then something can happen in that race and it'll throw all of that off. And the next opportunity for a marathon is months away. So well,
1: that's scary. Jen, talk me through the injury because I, I I remember watching your race live and 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 thinking that's it, she's done, that's retirement. Yeah. I mean, anybody that understands yeah. Achilles injuries, I had bursitis in my Achilles and I thought I was done. Um, you had a full, well, I'd like to think a full rupture it was mm-hmm. close to, if not. Um, Obviously, those thoughts were going through your mind. Uh, walk us through these last two years. I know people ask you, like, I don't want you to get into depth, about. I get it, it was sore, there was a lot of pain, and yeah. you worked through it. But what is some of the mental sort of hurdles you have to get through on race day this weekend when it when mm-hmm. it comes? Because I, I take you wake up in the morning and that, that Achilles, is stiff as every morning. I, I, <laughs> no, I, no, it's
0: not. <laughs> is it like, good?
1: I, oh, I, seriously,
0: man. I don't know what the surgeon did to this, <laughs> this tendon, but he sewed it together and, like, put new Fibers into it. It's Shout like out the, to your
1: surgeon. Yes,
0: yeah, it's the best <laughs> tenant ever. But um, I think that the I mean exactly what you would imagine as an athlete. If you heard you ruptured your Achilles, like rupturing your Achilles doesn't just mean fix it and then it's back to brand new. It may feel amazing, but at the end of the day, my lower leg on my right side is way smaller, way weaker. It's my weak link of my body now, and I can only ever really be as strong as I get that lower leg. And even in the last K of this race, that lower leg on my right side went completely numb and even to that point i thought i still wasn't going to be able to get you know this goal because i thought i'm going to hit the deck and have to crawl it in um the biggest fear i've had the whole last two years is how much did this achilles rupture affect my biomechanics my efficiency everyone said i'd be good at the marathon but that was before i ruptured my achilles what if my whole gate's out and i'm no longer as efficient as i used to be and i have to work harder to get across the ground um, and so this whole time I've been working for this goal with this little down in my head that I won't be able to return to that level because no matter how hard I work, my body's going to fight me for it. Um, but after Sunday, I, I never felt so smooth. And whether I learned to run a different way over the last two years and all the strength and um, rehab that I've done has just taught my body to like kind of make do with what it has. Um, I felt great. And my body definitely didn't restrict me in any way whatsoever.
2: Jen, I uh, I preface this by saying that I am sensitive and occasionally get emotional about wonderful stories. So I was watching a feature on you on Wide World of Sports about a month or so ago. It was, it was a wonderful feature. And I assume it is online for anyone who, has, who hasn't who has seen it, but go check it out. But the the, the moment that, that got me is when you obviously got hurt in Tokyo and you rang Ryan, your husband, and spoke about starting a family and then you spoke about the fact that this horrible moment actually leads to what is a wonderful two years to where we sit today. Just talk us through that. I might even cry again, Jen, to be honest, because it's it's, it's moving stuff.
0: Yeah, don't worry. I cry every time I talk about it with Ryan. But, like, that's what's just so crazy. Like, I sit here and say to Johnny that yesterday was potentially one of the best moments I've had in my career, yet two years ago was Probably the worst moment I had in my career, but if it didn't happen, it wouldn't have brought me here. I wouldn't have my little baby boy downstairs playing with my husband. There's, there's just so many crazy sliding door moments that happen in people's lives, and for me, that was just one of the <laughs> most weirdest moments where, you know, I fall in a steeple pit, rupture my Achilles. People tell me I'm done. I think I'm done, and a phone call to my husband five minutes later it changes this whole tangent of my life and and i follow this different path and 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 end up taking up an event that i've dreamed of doing starting a family that i've dreamed of doing and um i moved back home i'm close to my family which i have wanted for the whole time i've been traveling for the last 15 years my life now is in a place where like if you asked me to change one thing i couldn't it's it's literally perfect and it's all because i ruptured my achilles and like i cried because i was so (laughs) sad at that moment but I, I, I'm so glad it happened. It's just crazy. And I wish, and I said this on that story, I wish I could just crouch down to that girl crying in the pit and say, don't worry, this is so good. This is exactly what you're meant to be doing right now.
1: I, isn't it isn't it, it, it isn't it crazy nice. Jen we look at these uh moments in 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 track and then you say that you look back there and you think you yeah, know it's over a mob killlless had ruptured yeah, um yeah. Uh, it's quite funny listen to your story and it is, it's is cool talking to you because uh what, what a lot of listeners wouldn't know is we keep referencing your husband Ryan Gregson and Ryan is one of I think one of the greatest uh 1500 meter runners our country's ever seen the phenom when he came to being a junior athlete broke all the records we've seen young Cameron Myers doing his thing now but Ryan was doing that 10, 15 years ago. Obviously, he's your easy I'll, I'll call him your better half, uh, Jen. I'll stick <laughs> yeah, up for my brother. He is, he is. Um, and I was there that I was there the day you guys unioned. This was yeah. in twenty twelve Olympic games. we were
0: rooming together.
1: together. You guys were um... so weird.
0: <laughs> they were putting fake tan on their yeah.
2: like head. <laughs> well, I don't know your husband, Jen, but I do know Johnny Steph. and not one thing surprised me when someone says, "Yeah, you th- you guys were so weird."
1: No, he still don't think he's got fake like tan on
2: right now, actually.
1: No, no, no Ryan's encourageable, <laughs> and I'm encourageable. and put us together. You just I understand what's going to happen. But, uh, <laughs> but 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 I've always had a lot of respect for Ryan, and, and it's, it's 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 absolutely it's, it's not a shock for me to see you guys blossoming and thriving like you are now, and mm-hmm. to hear your story sort of post Tokyo, um, to be able to create a family and now into marathon. I think it's a wonderful sort of journey that we often don't get to hear about track and field, and because we don't have these mediums like House of Athletics to discuss and talk about these things. Mm-hmm. So it's cool to hear that um that a future gregson's on the way um yeah. that potentially will be back in the sport but but walk us through okay it, you are in the september of your career jen and 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 that's just that's just the way it is 15 years you've mentioned you've been involved in the sport are you starting to look okay what is my next journey i know you guys have your own run club you and ryan you're encouraging the youth of tomorrow to come through for tomorrow's champions um but what is your vocation now i get we, we, as athletes we're selfish we're individual we've got our goals but you're also selfless you've got a beautiful child you've got your family now you Move back home. What is it? What's 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 making you go okay? One plus one's equaling two for me after track and field.
0: See, like I just, I mean, I people probably call me crazy. I know my parents look at me and think, you know, uh, they ask that question. But I, right now, and and it's why I got here over the last two years. I love running too much to even consider putting it aside as as a part time or a hobby. Um, I know i can't run forever and i'm well aware of that but as of now i plan on making another olympics and i plan on still running after that the marathon the reason why i wanted to make the transition to the marathon was because it allows longevity to your career and for women especially our two top marathon runners in the country right now are in their 40s and i'm not saying that's going to be me they may be an exception but i'm that passionate about my running I couldn't bear to let it go and chase something else. I'm too in love with it. And so I'm just going to keep part-time being a mother, part-time training our clients. Um, You know, I do a lot of stuff here and there, like talking to schools and helping young kids and little athletics. So that's enough for me right now to keep my head busy, but running fully and, um, wholeheartedly
1: takes over everything. But what, that but what are doing? some of the goals? What are some of the goals, Jen? Are you are you, are, you, are you wanting to win one of the majors? Are you trying to become a half mar- marathon specialist? Is winning the objective for you when it when it comes to? Because I know very much when you're doing the steeple, Jen. You were, uh, were a competitor yeah. that I've never seen in my life before. Like, and and again, another another NC2A uh, alumni, Cameron, mm-hmm. that we always talk about on the show, and sort of came out of that school. Is is winning the focus, Jen? Are you are, are you looking? Is this part of your vocation? running like how yeah. should we as the viewer see you when we see you on the line should we go yeah jen's out yeah she's trying to take on the whole world or, or is yeah. it just what is it jen walk me through that
0: but that's why yeah i'll t- walk you through it because the reason why i picked marathon is because i can pick whatever i want for any race i can pick a race to be competitive and try be a jess stenson and, and try win a Com games or i can be a Sinead diver and, and go get in a fast race and test my absolute limits of the human body and see how fast i can run the marathon is fulfilling in any way you approach it. You you can win a race and, and hang your hat on on the gold medal, or you can go and just show people how fast you can be. And I want to do that over my career now and, and just test myself in every different way. I'll, I do want to do some majors and see how high I can finish. I want to do some more com games and win a medal. Um, I want to go to some more Olympics and, and finish higher up than ninth. Like, there's so many things that I haven't achieved yet in my career. And even though I can look back on it and be proud of what I've done, I don't feel finished yet. And I feel like there are things in this new event that I can achieve.
2: Love it. Love it. So what's it look like now? So we're 12 months away from Paris or give or take a day or so. So what, you've done the 228. You love it. You, 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 everything you're hoping a marathon would be, it sounds like it was. So what does it mean now over the next 12 months? Is there, is there an event you've already got? circled how does it all work for you
0: yeah i mean short term um we just gotta wait for me to recover and and feel good again because i think the biggest mistake you can make as a marathon runner is just yeah get too excited and jump straight back into another one um i'm gonna focus on some road races that are a bit shorter and just sharpen up a little bit because i also don't want to lose touch of the track like i still want to be able to dabble in a five or ten um and you know test my speed over that domestic yeah
1: how, how much is that needed jess i uh, um, uh... Uh, Jen, in yeah. in the marathon, how much is that track crossover and that speed needed for the marathon? So, I had this conversation, Cam, funny enough, on the weekend with the great Mario because he just ran the Gold Coast half. Yes,
2: up. he did. And
1: I said, I think maybe I said, I said, I, I tried, Jen, I tried to pretend like I knew my distance running because I did a little. You know, <laughs> you and I used to hang out. So I said, oh, maybe maybe you should do a little bit of a track workout, uh, Mario, what, to get your speed up. So, so tell us, he, could, the great man's probably listening. Yeah. What? How much does that track crossover help you the marathon?
0: I think it was overlooked too much in the past. I think our marathon runners in the past just thought run as much as you can, you know, heighten the stimulus of of the amount of work you put into your legs and you'll get the most out of yourself. But these days, like, I mean, I don't know what other people were doing, but I think I'd be on the lower side of mileage compared to any other marathon runner out there. And it's because I'm keeping that Tuesday intensity. Like Nick Bodeau, my coach is still giving me those track Tuesdays as if I was (laughs) going to head out to do a (laughs) chase on the weekend. Like, I'm I'm dabbling in both at the same <laughs> time. And um, I think that's the secret. And he does it with all his girls and um Nick's girls in the marathon are some of the top in the country. So they're doing something right. Same so what's, Robinson.
1: What's your average K in, in, in the marathon on the weekend? What was your average? Like my pace. Your pace?
0: Yeah, three thirties.
1: And what would be your so, – and what pace would you do when you're doing your Tuesdays track workouts? What sort of um, – I know it variates, yeah. but what would you get down to in, in sense? If you're doing yeah. 330s in a marathon, where would you yeah. get down to, to create your bandwidth?
0: Um, I mean, I don't know what the K pace is, but it's way – so say like a 30-second 200 even. I mean, what yeah. is that? Like a
1: 230
0: yeah. K?
1: Like, yeah, that's quick. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's moving. But, yeah. That's
0: what I mean. That I'll be doing a 5 by 4 Ks you know, a 20K session on Friday. And then I turn up on Tuesday and Nick's got me, you know, doing 600s where I go around in 75 and then kick home at 33. Like it's just, it, it makes no sense at the time <laughs> that he knows what he's doing. And I feel like it, it allows you to have a higher ceiling. So when you're out there feeling, um, you know, tired towards the end of the race, at the end of the day, your ceiling is so much higher than a 330. the three, you just get comfortable running that slower pace because you've got a higher ceiling than most people.
2: Jen, before we do let you go, we do, as, as Johnny Steph did allude to, we love our collegiate athletics and collegiate sports, actually. And we just, every time we talk to someone who's been through that process and system, we talk a little bit about it. Of course, Florida Gators probably feels a lifetime ago now, but yeah. it, 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 very <laughs> strong track and field program. Just talk us a little bit through, one, how much you enjoyed it, but also, two, how much it helped you when you, when you become a professional athlete and started to go to these major events.
0: Yeah, it was it was definitely the catalyst for me because I mean, if you compare me to say Ryan, he was like a Cam Myers, he probably didn't need college. They were too good, went could go on professional right out of school. Whereas Mm. I was in that kind of, you know, I could turn up to nationals and, and get on the podium, but I wasn't breaking any records and I wasn't standing out in any, you know, phenomenal way. So going to college just taught me a little bit more about being professional and, and learning how to, you know, take running more seriously and do all the 1% as Ryan didn't need that. Whereas I needed that development. And I also got to do, um, full-time study at the same time and it was all covered. So not only is it a great opportunity, even if you don't end up being a professional athlete, it allows you to develop as an athlete and work out, okay, this is what is required to be my best. And it did take me four years to find out about that. It wasn't, until my senior year where I really started to come on and qualify for the Olympics in 2012, but that those four years filled a hole that I wouldn't have gotten Australia. I would not have gone from a high school runner to an Olympian in four years, but college allowed me to bridge (laughs) that. It gave me opportunity. It allowed me to grow and mature and then, yeah, take that next step, which just made it so seamless.
2: Jen, we, we love when uh, you jump on by and have a quick chat to us, of course. We uh, have no doubt we're going to talk to you a little bit more as we head towards Paris, and we love the fact that anytime somebody has a chance to do something new and create something special, it's enjoyable as, as much as a marathon can be. You've made it sound. You can enjoy it while hurting, and uh, we, we shouldn't be surprised because you've consistently amazed us. Uh, for the last decade or so. So congratulations, not just on yesterday, but the last two years and looking forward to uh, the next 12 months and beyond. And uh, no doubt we'll chat again soon.
0: Great. Thanks for having me, guys.
2: Superstar. All thanks to Chemist Warehouse. We'll go to a break. Plenty more right here with Johnny, Steph and Cam Luke on the House of Athletics. Thanks, Jen. That was great. Thank you. No worries.
0: Rush into Chemist Warehouse today and grab INC Protein. Powering tomorrow, today.
1: This is the House of Arts. With Cam Luke and John Stephenson.
2: Right around Australia, this is what we do. We talk all things athletics, and you can get involved. 04 33 98 1116. So, to end the show, Jay Steezy, yeah. you remember a couple of weeks ago when we got the text and, like, you know, putting together these famous men's and women's 100 meter finals?
1: Yeah. All
2: right, are you ready for this? Did you, do you want to go first? No, okay. you, I went first for the ladies last okay. week. Sorry,
1: can you just shoot with them?
2: So you tell me when you like this person is not in my final. All yep, right? so it's the for people who might not have heard, it's the uh, the men's one hundred meter all time final since we were born in around nineteen eighty. Okay, lane one, Frankie Fredericks.
1: Ooh, I don't like that. But you, you
2: don't you. You, you don't... No, 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 I don't like it. You oh. started real shaky. Go on, two. Maurice Green, lane two. Oh, definitely. Okay. Definitely. Lane three. Not lane two, but but
1: but yeah, easy.: oh, in. Hang he's on, in hang
2: on. Lane three, Linford Christie. Yep, definitely. Okay, lane four, Usain Bolt. Definitely. Lane five, Carl Lewis. Definitely. Lane six, Donovan Bailey.
1: Yeah, he scrapes in. He
2: scrapes in. He's an Olympic champion. He was the world record scrapes holder. In. Okay. Scrapes in. Now this is what I have done to maximise crowd intensity. Lane seven. Justin Gatlin. <laughs> Good
1: boy. Yeah. Right?
2: Now, of course, he did. There's, 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 there's split opinions on. Justin Gatlin, but something you no, can not argue with. No, there's not.
1: There shouldn't be any split opinions well, on Justin Gatlin besides, besides, yes, the, the, I guess, the, the, uh, the cloud that hung over him when we we're talking about performance Nancy yeah, Drugs. Yeah, but as exactly far as right. a competitor, he's and absolutely gone.
2: And, and that is the conversation that would probably dominate. Yeah. But Justin yeah. Gatlin wouldn't be the main conversation leading into this final because in lane eight, I'd have Ben Johnson. <laughs> now,
1: fire right up, Cam. I you it up on that one. I'll give it to you. you I want
2: this 100% on the records. I hate performance-enhancing drugs, and he got everything he deserved. But if we're going to try and maximize crowd participation and bums on seats and marketing and everything that goes into a, like a heavyweight fight, the heavyweight championship of 100 metres, Ben Johnson has to be included, probably for many wrong reasons, but there is no doubt. No doubt, it would add spice to the hundred meter final. Yeah.
1: look, those that understand the sport and know the sport well, and the purists would understand. Takeaway, both with Justin Gatlin and mm-hmm. Ben Johnson, the the uh, the cloud that hung over him when it comes to PEDs. Um, when it, the the actual the actual sport of 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 running and the sport of sprinting and the sport and the event of the hundred meters, there is absolutely no doubt both Ben Johnson and Justin Gatlin were students of the game and they actually revolutionized um, the hundred meters in some form in some way. And if you look at Maurice Green, there always has to be an antagonist. And Justin Gatlin was here, was it mm-hmm. for Maurice as Maurice was sort of in the September of his career. You know, Maurice sort of took on you know your Ardo Boldens, your Frankie Fredericks, your Donovan Bailey's, your Bruni Sirins, um Thompson, and all those guys through the sort of late nineties, early two thousands. And then you sort of Jay Gat was the guy that was meant to, you know, we don't forget he won double gold um in Helsinki in 05. Then he went to um, you know, then 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 we saw the 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 coming out party at Tyson Recording Gate. Reporting
2: in progress.
1: So, so this is where I would ask you, would we replace Frankie Fredericks if we're looking at my eight? I do yes. not dispute your me. your eight. Who you got like, out? You got if, if I like out? To pull out. One from your eight, yeah, who, because I think who? your eight is very good, I, and I don't think I can dispute your eight to be honest. With you, but you're going to try. I like to. Th- I, I would like to throw uh, just. I'd like to throw. Say, I'd love to throw just, just, just one or two names in there just to get you thinking. And the first name I throw away. in there for you would be Tyson Gay.
2: Hey, it's. It look.
1: I mean. Technically, Tyson Gay is the second fastest man ever behind Usain Bolt. We look at the world record um, uh, race in Berlin in Mm -hmm. 2009, and Usain ran the world record of 958. Tyson, really, I mean, Tyson's run, take Usain Bolt out of that, would be the run of the decade Mm -hmm. uh, in that that race. Um, So I'd like to maybe put Tyson Gay in that eight. Um, Yes, he didn't win Olympic Games, but... I think I, I personally think if he didn't tear his hamstring in the 200 and 2008 Olympic trials, uh, that hundred meters would have been sensational against Usain. Um, and I would like to maybe, and this is purely through. I mean, I know we talked about from nineteen eighty onwards, but if we're talking about the greatest hundred meter runners of all time, we I'd are. like to, I'd like to throw in um, Jesse Owens.
2: Well, hang on a second. Hang on a second. I'd like to throw him in. I, I, I'm because all I just Jesse think... Owens, but when I wanted to throw Jesse Owens in when this started the conversation three weeks ago, you said, let's do it from 1980s. So... But
1: doesn't Jesse get a special mention? <laughs> well, okay? I, I I, I
2: you, like I'm if you talk boxing, Jesse right? You talk there. boxing, you have to
1: throw Muhammad Ali in there. No matter what you want, you have to throw him in the conversation. <laughs> I, I put t- Jesse Owens I... as the Muhammad I... Ali at track and field. He just did so much for I... the sport. I just got to throw. Let's just put him in lane nine as honorable mention. I'm going to throw him in on, lane nine. Hang on, all right. We're
2: not <laughs> arguing that Jesse Owens isn't in the greatest 100 meter of, of all time. I'm simply saying when I started this idea off the back of a text, and I said Jesse Owens has to be in. You said, "Now nah, let's do from 1980 that we got to see them actually run."
1: Yeah, but Cam, I'm a rule breaker. You are, and I like I breaking rules. No so one's arguing I like that. To, I, like to, I would like to throw <laughs> Jesse Owens in lane nine as an honorable mention. Done. Um, but I'd like to put Tyson Gay as my number okay. eight and, and pull out Frankie Freddys. I think if you were talking 200-meter runners, Frankie sits in there all day. I think he's one of the greatest Ben runners in the world and one of the greatest finishers when it comes to the 200 meters. Um, so I'd put Frankie in my 200 top uh, top eight. What I want to throw back to you, I saw a Hit very me. cool meme, Cam, mm-hmm. and I want to give you a bit of homework. Mm-hmm. I want you to rate the greatest long jumper of world championship history. Not Olympic Games. World championship. The world world champs is embarking on us in less than 50 days' time. Yes. And I'd like to give you a bit of homework. And I'm going to make it even easier for you. I want you to rate from one Mm -hmm. to four between these four people.
2: Okay, go on. You can name number one, which so I'm going to put in there. You're, you're giving me the four long I'm jumpers. I'm giving you
1: four, and I want you to rate.
2: Okay. I want just a bit of homework. All right. Who
1: Your are you... top four long jumpers, okay, of all times I... when it comes to world championships, Cameron. Then give me the names. To, I'm going to give you the four names. Hit me. Ivan Pedroso. Yes.
2: Well. Yes. Carl Lewis. Yes. Mike Powell. Yes. Last one. Dwight Phillips. Okay. Done. That's your homework. Done. done. And I, and,
1: I, and, and I want extensive research. I don't mean just picking out names because you have nope. some sort of affiliation. Nope. Because back when you were in high school, oh, you watched the 1991 yeah. World Championships nah, yeah. and you saw Carl yeah. and nah, I mean, need you to do a little bit of research. I, 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 because I, this is, a, very, this is a trick question, Cameron. I won't, it I, seems I,
2: easy. I won't hold my affiliation with Carl Lewis being a Facebook friend <laughs> into this conversation. Is he, oh, your, fa- oh, is he no. your
1: Facebook
2: no. friend? No, he is not. But I think... <laughs> I think it might be his birthday, actually, <laughs> somewhere around this week. No, I'm not Facebook friends with Carl Lewis. I was tongue in cheek, but you've thrown me with the Jesse Owens argument that you but brought I, in I, only I, moments I would, ago.
1: I would, I would, I would like. Uh, I was going to throw in Bob Beeman in there, but he was before the World Championships, before the the World Championships were part of the um athletic world yes. program. But Cameron, this is a very serious question. I know like it, it is just a big, big bit of homework. It seems easy, Cam. I- Okay. It's, actually, it's actually quite hard, champion.
2: I, I'm actually I'm going to tell you straight up, right now, I'm leaning towards Powell being number four. Straight straight away, not even a – and I know what happened just, in Tokyo at 91. You, you,
1: do some uh, – what I'm saying. suggesting is you do a little bit of
2: yep. homework. No, I, just a tiny I, I, bit I homework, will do yeah. a tiny bit of homework, which would be a tiny bit more than you did in the 100-metre <laughs> final. Do <laughs> I loved your eight. What do you no. no. mean? I loved your
1: rate. What do you mean I loved your rate? Like, what do you want me to do? I, like?
2: I, I will say this. I, you made a good point about Tyson Gay because – he was never able to compete at the Olympic Games at the highest ability due to the hamstring. I held that against him, which might have been a, a little unfair considering how great he was at world championships. But uh, I'd like to hear through Tyson Gay in there. Hey, we're going to get to a break. For Chemist Warehouse, wherever you might be, around the SEN network and around Australia, around the world via the podcast, this is House of Athletics. Just a little
1: one 2 a little pet.
0: Rush into Chemist Warehouse today and grab INC Protein. Powering tomorrow, today.
1: This is the House of Arts with Cam Luke and Jay Steezy.
2: <laughs> all thanks to Chemist Warehouse. We've got to wrap it up. We're running late as usual. Jay Steezy in the house. We do it all thanks to Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. Make sure you head in. Uh, so I've got my homework. You've given me the four names for the men's triple jump. Oh, but only World Championship. So you can't use, can't use... Olympic Games as a qualifier. Well, I
1: think I think it's only right because World okay. Champions is embarking on us. It's coming in yep. hot, um, and 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 I think it's a great question to be mm, honest, right. you uh, Cameron. Well, and I think it's I think it's a bit of a trick question for you. And I think it's for our listeners out there. I want mm-hmm. you guys to do your homework as well. Definitely text in, call in, because I'd love to see uh, the knowledge of the general track fan out there in Australia and across the world. But I, uh, I've got my four locked in. I know, I know how I've ranked them. But I think when you do your research, Cameron, I think you're going to be um, well, going to be amazed we, on how good those four athletes were.
2: Without doing a great deal of research just yet, I believe two of them both won three world championships, right? Or more. 0-4-3-9-8-11-16 to get involved. We do have to get out of here. You can get involved anytime you like. With it all thanks to Chemist Warehouse. Uh, big shout out to our man Mario from Chemist Warehouse. He did the half. You mentioned that.
1: Yeah, and all the great team at Chemist Warehouse. Yes. They've been fantastic. You, and all the team at uh, at Athletics Australia. We come, we've got world champs coming up, Cam. So we all need to get behind our athletes. Right. We have to work twice <laughs> as hard now to make sure we get the best results come with it. I
2: couldn't agree any more on everything you just said. Do you need a media accreditation for the world championship or you looked after, mate? Do you, do you need some help I getting we, some I help? Thought I thought that's sort of you and I. we got to <laughs> on the last lap. <laughs> mate, we, this last got, lap thing's starting the, to gain momentum.
1: And we're spreading the festive cheer, you yeah. and I. Like when we get there, athletes are going to see us. And, oh, my God, that's Patty? John Stephenson yeah, and, and the Cam, little nerd guy. Luke, oh, my God, they're from the <laughs> House of Athletics. Please, yeah. can I be on your show? Yeah. That sort of stuff. You yeah. know? like we got to get there and get the vibe going. Couldn't
2: agree more. On that note. Uh, let's vibe on out of here and do it again next week. For Kim's Warehouse, see you next week. Peace.